and I'm super excited that we've got a beer exchange to do now. Um, yeah, I, do. I think we just yes. became friends. I, yes. I think we did, yeah. yeah. But, yeah it's like stepbrothers. Yes, that was the reference. Oh, man. Yeah, we definitely just became best friends. Welcome back to Eclipse on Tap, the podcast where we talk about eclipses of all kinds in space in general. I'm one of the two co-hosts, Matt, and with me this bitterly cold January evening is David. Indeed. Uh, welcome, everybody, to Eclipse on Tap, episode 17. And Indeed. do you notice a difference in the way we sound, folks? We sound good. Yeah, we do. We sound a little bit better. We sound bassy. We, we sound, sound like we actually should sound. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Rather than inside of an elevator. Yeah, or <laughs> yeah, or a, a well. Or sorry, I should I should rephrase. Not inside of an elevator, inside of an elevator shaft. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we uh, used to sound an, like. An uh, open elevator shaft, yes. Yeah, we had a, um, a, a humble mic, but limited mic. I'll say it that way. Where the microphone, uh, it was a Samson Go mic, really not designed for what we were trying to do. Uh, really more designed for if you were going to be doing a lot of like web conferencing and stuff like that. You yeah. would, and, and you wanted to make yourself sound a little more, little bit more professional, a little bit better. Yeah. You would buy a Samson Go mic, clip it to your computer, and off you go. Uh, we stretched the limitations of that mic to the extreme. <laughs> And tried Indeed. to pr- tried to produce a podcast with it, but now we have two uh, Audio Technica AT twenty twenty mics. We sound a little bit better. I uh, have a little bit more full sound coming through, hopefully, and um, full bodied sound. We're really excited about it. it yeah. It's been a big month in between last episode and this episode. Yep. What has transpired as far as the equipment we've acquired and. I, I'm uh, I'm excited. I, I think I, I've got a little uh, little tickle in my uh, skip right now. We're we're ready to go. <laughs> yeah, we uh, yeah, we, we got some this this episode. Um, we've got another interview for you. Yes, um, we do. Which is is a it's a big deal. Um, we'll get to that a little bit later. We'll elaborate on that a, a tiny little bit before we get into the actual interview. Um, but overall, uh, we're we've got a couple. We got one specific topic we want to talk about, and yes. that is the lunar eclipse 2019. Yep. Yeah, it was a uh, total lunar eclipse. Um, January 21st. Yep. 2019. Yep. So we. A couple um, days ago. Or actually, it was the 20th. 20th into the 21st, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, go- actually, true, true. So it started the night of the 20th at around about 9:30 for us eastern time in michigan um and then we went through to about 12:30 is when we we kind of shut it down just yeah. because of the fact it was uh minus six out yeah and uh we um had to work tomorrow or the next day so, yeah. excuse me so it was a it was a sunday yep. night yeah it was a little yep. tough but so. um well worth it we got some really great photos that we posted up at our uh, Eclipse on Tap Instagram, which is at Eclipse on Tap, and Twitter, same handle, at Eclipse on Tap. Uh, we got a good composite photo of the different stages, and that was a lot of fun. I mean, we really put it together. 
like we did in the same way for Total Solar back yep. in 2017. Yep. We got with the same crew that we went down to Hopkinsville, Kentucky with this time, just uh, over in uh, your dad's backyard where we put it all together. Yep. Clips Clips crew was back in action. Back in action. Um but uh, a little, little chilly. A little chillier. A little chilly. A little about, on the chilly side. About a hundred degrees colder. <laughs> about a, exactly a hundred degrees colder. Yep. But uh, that we got it done. Um, I mean, if, if anyone, um, I mean, I'm sure. I mean, it was kind of a actually big deal on most modern media outlets. Um, yeah. They, and, they kind of make made a big deal about the super blood wolf moon. Super uh, Blood Wolf Eclipse Twilight Moon Spider Monkey Moon yeah. um, is what I called it, but it it yeah basically it was actually I mean they you know to my surprise it, it was very well put out there as far as on the media and internet and all that kind of stuff. So uh, I'm sure most of you um, I, you couldn't really not see the moon if you were out at 9 p.m. Yeah. that night. It was basically. A, you know, just staring you right in the right, right betwixt the eyes, basically. Yeah. I mean, it was no telescope required, yeah, no, at least to get the initial view. No, it. so it, it was uh, quite the sight yeah. uh, initially. Even before, I mean, we're talking seven p.m. If you looked up, it was it, it was a big, big moon yeah. in the horizon. Yeah, um, and then, obviously, as the night went on, things got more interesting. They did. Yep. The moon, um, the shadow of the earth being projected onto the moon slowly eclipsed it and uh that was fun to watch kind of took some breaks in and out of the house because it was so damn cold but Mm -hmm. uh well it was well worth it got some good photos like i said and 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 it's a celestial event it's just a yet another celestial event so uh yes while uh, i think anyone would agree that total solar eclipses are a little bit more exciting sure yeah uh total lunars are still well worth going out to witness yeah and um record and look up at and all that stuff and, and really engage with because if you don't you're missing a, a big opportunity i think the next total lunar eclipse in our area or at least in the u.s i think is 2021 or 2022 i think it's it a is, little ways yeah, off i yeah. think it's i think i think 2021 i think yeah. is when the next one's coming up but um a couple of years time yeah a couple of years but you never know what can happen in two years, so better yeah. get out there and look up at the lunar eclipse. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, overall, um, even even if you were outside and you could, you could honestly, the the cool thing about the lunar eclipse is that even if you're in the Midwest or you're in a out east and you know even further north, mm-hmm. you're in Canada, say, yeah. um, and it's a little bit nippy out. You can still see it through your wind. You can just look out the window, honestly. Yeah, and that's the yeah. cool thing about the lunar eclipse is that it you have such a long time to see it. Right. It's not like a solar eclipse where it's you really want to be outside and you really want to witness it, um, like you know, full on. Like I can't imagine seeing the eclipse, the total solar eclipse from inside. Like that just would not be the same. So it's sacrilege for the, for the lunar yeah. eclipse. Um, you can get away with it. You can you can do yeah. something a little bit different where you're it's a little bigger in the sky. And, yeah, yeah. You, you can hang out and you can sit on the couch and have a cup of tea, right, or a beer. Yeah, and uh, and or you're whiskey. fine. 
or whiskey and you're fine but a little bit different we are a little bit more diehard and we decided to go out there and uh we shoveled off my dad shoveled off a path in the backyard so we had we actually uh, we we had a full-on setup out there we had two space kind of kerosene Kerosene heaters heaters, that uh, didn't do much other than put if you put your gloves on (laughs) it kept you warm but yeah not a lot of radiated heat but it was legitimately freezing Yes. Yes. So, like the beer was, we were drinking Coors, not Coors Light, mind you. I feel like Coors Light would have froze even faster. We were drinking Coors Banquet, the original, the OG Coors. Yeah. And uh, it was still like freezing as you drank it, pretty much. Yeah. It was like a, a Coors Banquet uh, slushy from like 7 Speedway. Yeah. Or Speedway. Yeah. yeah. It was. Go up to Speedway and get your Coors slushy because that's what we had. Yeah. It was, uh, it was, yeah. It was cold. It was it was definitely cold, but we had the whole Eclipse crew. We did. That was the main thing, is we got the family back together, and we witnessed totality of our shadow, Earth's shadow, on the moon. Yes. Which is kind of the opposite of what happens during a solar eclipse. Right, yeah. No so. longer is the moon's shadow projecting onto the Earth, but vice versa. So, yeah. pretty cool. So. Um Obviously, the Earth being much larger than the Moon, given, uh, and that's of course why the lunar eclipse lasts much longer. But uh, it was, it was something. I think when I left that event, having seen it, a lunar eclipse, total lunar eclipse from start to finish, about. Um, I feel like it's very different than a total solar, but it's still well worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, I think I. The photos that I got from the total lunar ended up being better than the total solar. Um, the total solar turned out really good too, but the total lunar eclipse photos that we got were really good, um, just because the lighting is so much different. Like the lighting, it's completely dark outside, and you're trying to photograph a, a very bright object. Yeah. And obviously, as the moon, or sorry, as the Earth's shadow eclipses the moon, it becomes much dimmer. And when yeah. it's in the full shadow of the moon, it's very red. So the different color patterns and stuff affect the way the camera's seeing the what it's trying to take a photograph of yeah whereas in a total solar it's bright outside during that whole partial and so you've got this we had that jerry-rigged solar filter on the on the lens and it worked pretty well but it was it was kind of neat to get those photos put together and i'm glad we did it yeah monday morning was a bit rough but hey you know what it's a celestial event yeah i mean i think um my my thoughts are as far as the quality um of the like the photographs that we got i think you have during a solar eclipse um more about about i would say the equivalent amount of time to take photos as during first contact and partial yeah partial eclipse yeah absolutely um but when it hits totality you don't have as much time obviously you only have two minutes as opposed to how long is a lunar eclipse totality is yeah, like almost an, an hour, hour isn't I it i think it's about an hour yeah yeah so for that you have a little bit more time to take it in and stare at it and you know you're you're basically like a fly chasing a light bulb at that yeah. point you're like you're just you're you're zoned in you're looking at it i mean it in it's it is very awe-inspiring to to see that um not but at the same time you have more time to get the perfect photo exactly yeah so that makes you know what we did at the total eclipse the photo that you took yeah 
or yeah, the total solar eclipse. Um, I think the photo you took there, you basically just have to point and shoot and hope yeah. you get a good photo because you don't really want to miss right the two minutes that you have in totality. Yeah. Whereas with the lunar eclipse, you have a little a lot more time. Yeah. So. There's not as much of that urgency. Yeah, I think yeah. with the total solar, I had it on a timer, and so I was able to press, as soon as totality hit, I pressed the timer, ran away from the camera for a bit, enjoyed totality and its full, um, as full as I could, you know, it, and just watching it in, in awe, yeah. and then go back and look at the camera and see that it actually got it correctly, and it was in focus, it wasn't blurry, it, and, and there, so there is definitely a bit of luck, unless you're one of those folks that is super into photography, super into telescopes. There's people out there that are really into both of those two fields. And I think they could nail the photo no matter what the circumstance yeah. is. But for an amateur that doesn't know exactly what they're doing, um, to get a good photo in a total solar, yes, is much harder, I agree, than a total lunar. So that was good. That was really, really good, though, um, on a cold night. Kind of yeah. one of those things that you, you leave it, you're like, I'm glad we did that. We went outside, we froze our ass off. but Well worth it. We, we, we made it. Yeah. Um, it, was so. wor- it was worth, you know staying up late and uh yep. having that kind of camaraderie that goes along with our you know eclipse chasing crew um yep. we, we really enjoyed it and it, it was a work night so the next day was a little bit a little bit slow going as far as the old brain waves go but yep it was definitely worth doing um i you know it's a sacrifice worth making so should have taken the next day off but sure whatever hindsight's 2020 you know, yeah exactly so um we live we learn <laughs> yeah anyway yeah great i i would say that's the biggest thing of the month right there uh, yeah we have had some stuff that has uh transpired with spacex yep uh um, star hopper star hopper and uh even some a little bit negative news on the 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 front of layoffs with in spacex right um but we you know, we, you and I have both talked about how we hope they, that doesn't have a negative impact. Hopefully it's just because they, they you know, kind of forecast a, a slower launching month so or slow, slower launching summer uh, or year in general. So yeah. uh, we'll see where that goes. But I think they still have their eyes set on uh, the next couple of years being very successful. So Yeah, they do. Yeah. They had the... Uh... So the Starhopper was a very quickly built rocket uh, by SpaceX, I think. Um, and it was built stainless steel uh, exterior rather than carbon, which was a big surprise to a lot of people. And it laid the way for Elon kind of presenting the news that the Starship, the BFR, as it's previously been known, is going to be stainless steel exterior as well, which is going to look badass. Um the reason being, he has a lot of different reasonings why that is instead of carbon, mm-hmm. uh, based on the temperatures and the way that it interacts. They don't have to build in heat shields because it is able to withstand much more heat than car- all, all these sorts of things. Yeah. Um, but the Star Hopper was built in very quick fashion to literally be just that, to hop off the ground a bit, several meters off the ground, and to just test the... Um, initial stages of that rocket just like they did with the falcon way back like in like over 10 years ago they had that little st- uh the falcon hopper thing it just went up like 10 meters and then it landed itself 
And even that the fact that it could land itself from 10 meters up was like a huge deal. And I think that's what they're doing with Starhopper. Mm-hmm. And so they're they're looking to get that. It was actually supposed to be four to six weeks after it was first announced, first launched, the, the photos came out. But I don't know if you saw in the news, the uh, it's currently, it's in Texas, and there's a big storm there, and the wind blew the whole thing over. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, so... Yeah. So they're set back. They're a bit. set back. Uh, I think he. I think it said a couple months couple is what months, Elon yeah. had uh, was quoted on. But yeah, I think some big dents in this side of the thing. So yeah, yeah. So kind of a bummer. But I mean, it, again, it's it's. I think the Starhopper in inherently is just a very stepwise thing. Like it's like oh, we just need to have this as a uh, proof of concept that we could land the Starhopper ship. Mm-hmm. This is a, this is like a little tiny baby step in the starship's progression. Mm-hmm. Um, That's absolutely what it is. Yeah, I, I mean, there's yeah, there's no other reason they would be doing that. It's obviously something as as uh, sort of a, a smaller scale yeah. to kind of show. Okay, yeah, proof of concept. We can land this vehicle, mm-hmm. and obviously, starship is going to be a larger, much larger much vehicle. Larger, yeah, yeah. Um, but they're going to be able to prove on the ground that they can do it before they go and, and do it in space so yeah it was yeah. it was still cool to see i think a lot of people had the misconception that for whatever reason that that was some sort of starship like that 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 was the mock-up of the, the actual starship yeah or, that was yeah. The, that was the new um edition of it obviously since it was first announced as the bfr the big falcon rocket it's changed names a couple times it's changed designs it's the way the fins look on the thing have have been altered but ultimately it looks pretty similar the star hopper though was vastly different and it was stainless steel and it looked like something from the jetsons it was very sci-fi looking not it it just looked very different and i think a lot of people are like well this is how was it built so fast is this really what's going to be sending people up to the moon and I think that's just a, a bit of a naive approach. It's obvious. You can even look at the number of boosters at the bottom of the thing. Yeah. It's like three boosters. Yeah. It's only meant to go up off land, just test yeah. proof of concept. And so... And um, show that they can do it. With, yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. Just just a bunch of testing that's being done there in uh, preparation for the true Starship. B- yeah. I like BFR better. I wish I kept the, they kept that name. But yeah. It's cooler. But Yeah. BFR is uh, a good name, but I'll still call it the BFR. Yeah, it has but, a, it has, it, yeah, it's just a better name. Yeah, I think, yeah. Um, anyway, um, and then start or um, SpaceX also did the static fire yesterday, actually, of the Falcon Nine with the Dragon capsule on top of it, mm-hmm. which was cool because when they did that, they had the actual bridge going out to the Dragon capsule. That was the same bridge that would be used if people were actually in the Dragon capsule. So it was it wasn't just like a, an arm reaching out. It was the true, like walkway portal, oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, which is pretty neat to see. That's a good progression and getting human beings in their Dragon. They've done a ton of testing with the, the Dragon abort systems and the Dragon this that whatever. But this is the first time that it's actually been atop of a Falcon Nine, ready to launch, and they did a static fire. So yeah. pretty soon here. They they say within the month of February, um, they will be launching Falcon Nine with Dragon atop for the first time, which is cool because it's. I, I hope it's going to be in the same time frame as Falcon Heavy. Yes, it's not quite as impressive as Falcon Heavy, and it's not as groundbreaking, but yeah. it is still like a good step in the right direction for them. So yeah, I think they have to do all these little micro launches, and I mean I wouldn't really call them micro launches, but like 
smaller baby step type launches in yeah. order to get to the point where they can do starship yeah they have to do all these little just to see okay we can do this we can do this we can do this and then here's the last step we just want to make sure we can do this and then boom yeah we're going to launch starship and it's going to you know yep. I, I, have, I have faith it'll be successful but um yeah it's, I, th- I think like if, if they're able to launch human beings in the dragon capsule atop of the star or sorry atop of the falcon 9 to the ISS, that's a huge deal. Like, because right now we've all been on the Soyuz rockets, and yeah, and as consistent as those are, um, it would be nice to be back on our terms. I think, yeah. you know, uh, yeah, getting people so. up on on the United States terms, and, and I think the the space relationship, political political stuff aside, but the space relationship between the United States and Russia, I think, is good. Um, given that you know we're both sending astronauts and cosmonauts to the ISS via their Soyuz rockets but i think it would be pretty cool yeah. to get an ISS launch be back to like the space shuttle days yeah you know? <clears throat> the way i view it is more in, in terms of a technology standpoint because the Soyuz uses older technology it's old yeah and yeah. and there's nothing to take away from it because they've been a great partner in and sending astronauts U.S., Canadian, uh, you know, you name it, right. Japanese, Chinese, like everybody yeah. is going. Um, like, it, it's just it, it's uh, it's tried it's and been, true. It's been yeah. a great tool and a great partnership to have, but at the same time, the technology is where it's at as far as ex- going above and beyond and ex- and exceeding expectations, exceeding um, what we think we can do as human beings for space flight in general. I think if we, that's the exciting thing to me is that we have all these private space yeah. companies that are just, are, are basically making really, really crazy technology that rockets that can land themselves and like boosters that can, you know, basically like a booster that can land itself. Like that, that's to me it's like why are we not utilizing that instead of old technology we should be just transitioning right away um but i think it's obviously a funding thing but at the same time once we have spacex ready to go and and um you know they're they're ready to put people on top of that thing that'll be a huge step because that's to me that's like saying okay we've gone now we're we're out of uh windows 97 Exactly. And we've moved yeah. into... Windows 90. We're out of Windows 90. <laughs> 90 was it Windows 90, 98? Yeah. Windows 98. Windows 98. Yeah, Windows 98 and yeah. into uh, Windows... What's the current one? Shit, I don't know. 2019? I don't yeah. know. Like, Windows just, hashtag 2019. Hashtag yeah. 2019. I, I don't really know, but <laughs> yeah. that's just the way I look it, at it. Yeah. It's like the you're using an old yeah. an old system and now, okay, now we're, now we're here. Okay. Exactly. Yeah, you're, you're going from a Nintendo 64 to a PlayStation 4 or whatever. Right. You know, like that kind of thing. Exactly. So, I mean, this the step is huge. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So, I think that that'll be that's to me. It's a it's a technology thing, and I, I think um, we're we're I mean we're months away from the transition happening. It's just a matter of when it's going to happen. So it's just there's going to be setbacks. So right. Yeah. 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 The, the, there will be. Um, Definite setbacks for sure, but uh, the static fire apparently went quite well uh, for the Falcon 9 with the Dragon on top, so we'll see if that gets launched in February. I think the 
a lot of people are like, oh, it's so cool. You know, the static fire of the, of the Falcon 9 with the dragon on top was about the same time as the Falcon Heavy static launch or, the, you know, the static fire. And maybe the launch will be about the same time. And it's kind of like a, a cool thing for them, um, which, which is great. I think yeah. that's if they can build that momentum and yeah, but but yeah, so so that's been that's really what's been going on in, yeah. uh, in the world of of us and yeah. the stuff that's been relevant to us most you know, spacex uh stuff going on the lunar eclipse back to bowling yep. league we got the bowling going on uh we bowling league is revamped we had a tough time this last My fingers week. not broken i had one of the worst weeks i've ever had it was it was yeah. despicable yeah. but uh we also weren't bowling on our regular night with our regular people that's true we were with a bunch of other people that weren't yeah. normal i mean they were normal but they weren't they weren't the standard folks that we're used to bowling with yeah and it, it got me out of my zone it was like a general public yes yes as opposed to the the, the normal league people around you so right. obviously you know different vibe different feel different but, vibe that, that's what i was looking for yeah it was a different it, vibe yeah so we we still we we knocked it out but uh didn't knock uh, pins down like we would have hoped. Yeah. We had a situation where the lanes, I think, broke down or something. I don't know. Yeah. Did he say? Yeah. He, they broke down on the normal night for at least one lane did. And I think because we know the owner of the bowling alley, he reached out to us and he was kind of like, hey, um, we have to switch your day pretty much. Yeah. The other seven teams in our league got to bowl on the normal night. You guys are bowl on Wednesday night. And that was fine. I mean, I think he knew we were flexible. He knew we were cool. He just yeah. he just was like, let's reach out to him them first and go from there. Because yeah. I, I do know for a fact that there would be people in our league that would have been pissed. Yeah. Um, which is kind of funny. But so, either way, yeah, so we're back to bowling. And, back to uh, bowling. So Monday night we'll be out there. Um, this upcoming Monday we'll be back to our old, our old you know, first place tried and true tried and true ways um we got to get back to first place we're currently in handicap yeah just a massive handicap that's how we win that's that's how you win the game that's how you win the game (laughs) um you gotta use that handicap yeah uh, it's it's part of it i mean so that's that's been happening too and and we're uh yeah we're here we're with the new equipment we're really pumped we feel like 2019 is kind of eclipse on taps's year yeah uh, where we're gonna make some big strides we've got a lot of really cool interviews in the works. Um, yep. This episode features one. I mean, before we get into that, let's let's talk about what we are sipping on. Yeah. What are we sipping on? Do we need to grab the can here? Yeah. Let me. Let's grab the can. So so it is. I know it's from Brewery Vivant here, local Grand Rapids beer. It's called Rum Wizard. I don't know um, much it is, about it. It is the Rum Wizard. I do know it tastes fantastic. The um, rum. The Rum Wizard. It has a awesome cover on Pretty, the can kind of space themed too. yeah very extremely uh it almost looks like zelda sort of <laughs> um with an octopus so this is a rum barrel aged quadruple ale um, For it, basically it has a obviously a wizard um female wizard that looks like it, it like almost like a, it looks like a planet behind the wizard and then there's tentacles uh, coming off of the wizard. So this is brewed in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Yes. Delicious. It almost tastes like candy. It does. It's very, uh, it has a, it kind of tastes like a plum or something. 
like a like yeah. a like a I don't know. Like like a plum. I, I feel like it tastes it like ta- a plum. Honestly, it's like a fig newton in yes. a can. Yeah, it tastes like figs or plums yeah, or it tastes like a, a fig newton. I think the beer aficionados like oh it tastes like stone fruit. Um maybe it's got to oh, be. Oh, it's a 10 percenter. Yeah, I was going to say, it's got to be right. double digits. That's why I'm a little bit loosey-goosey. So, um, <laughs> it's, it's quite good. And yeah. I think it's actually, you know what it is, though? You know what this beer is? What's that? A rum. So they take a barrel that previously was used to, of course, develop rum. And then after that rum is bottled, they put wizard burial ground in the rum barrel. Oh, really? That's what this is. Moral of the story is, don't drink and drive when Don't, you have this beer yeah this is a um, this beer i mean we know wizard burial ground is a uh, a yearly classic from brewery vivant yeah it is a bourbon barrel aged quadruple ale so a belgian style quadruple uh this is the rum version of that yeah pretty it, much and it's very very good very tasty um the overall i think this is this is one of those that you just want to have like basically buy a can like a, the pint and split it um yeah that's just, what we did it just sip and just sip and enjoy it's a winter warmer i think yeah, they do it sell is. it i remember when we were there when i bought this when we were there they sell it in four packs which is way more than you'd need just mm-hmm. buy just buy a 16 ounce pint split it with a buddy and just sip on it and enjoy it because it's it is a heavy hitter but it's it is uh, incredibly good well yeah. worth it well worth a taste for sure. So yeah, good stuff. Brewery Vaunt, uh, shout out to them. Shout out uh, one of the one of the all time greats. Shout in out this, to Brewery Vaunt in this grand city yep. of Grand Rapids. Um, but just moving on to the last little bit here before we break uh, would be just our interview. We yep. we had an interview with a gentleman named Eli Burton this episode, yep. and it was really great. Yeah. Eli uh, actually reached out to us and wanted to uh, just chat and get a feel for just overall like a share for our own passions. Yeah, which is we we share the passion of um, get out, look up space in general. Um, he's got a very unique story, uh, which we we get to in the in the actual podcast as far as um, second half. Yeah. At, at, yeah, the, the second half of the podcast, but um, it's it, we, we, we share two passions, actually, space and beer. We do, yes. Which made it a perfect fit for a podcast, and I, I believe we have a new best friend. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Uh, we, yeah, you, you'll just have to tune into that, to that podcast because uh, it, it was pretty cool. Um, we hadn't previously met Eli, but we really enjoyed speaking with him and appreciated his time taken out of his uh, Saturday yep. um, to chat with us. And um, yeah, it was it was really great. Um, we're looking forward to a lot of fantastic interviews in the year of 2019. And for the first interview in 2019 to be um, a fantastic one with Eli Burton yep. um, was a great way to kick off the year. And so um, absolutely. So we hope that uh, you enjoy that interview. That'll take place just after the quick break here in just yep. a second. Uh, but with that being said, I think we'll be ready to fill up on our uh, growler that we bought and uh, be good to go. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for tuning in, and uh, I hope you enjoy the uh, interview we have here. Yes, indeed. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you.
Welcome back from the break. We now have a very special guest on the podcast, um, Eli Burton. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, guys. Thank you very much for having me. Well, thanks Happy for to being have here. You. Yeah, we're, we're really pumped to have you on. Um, Eli and uh, us at Eclipse on Tap connected via Twitter. And, yes, we did. Um, looking forward to this chat. Uh, Eli, if, if you don't mind, go ahead and introduce yourself. Sure. So I'm Eli. I am the president and founder of the Tesla Owners Club, My Tesla Adventure. And I'm also the creator of The Adventures of Starman. Uh, it's a superhero comic that documents the Falcon Heavy launch and Starman's beginning of his adventures into space. That's awesome. amazing. So I think that is probably our first question. Yeah, I guess... My first question would be, uh, what in uh, outside of the launch, uh, what inspired you to actually create this comic and this uh, story uh, to tell the story of the, the launch and Starman then? I will never forget the day of the launch. I stayed home from work so I could watch this in my home office and not be interrupted by any noise and... You know, I remember the anticipation building up to the launch, right? Like we had multiple delays and we had like static fire tests and like just there was just this weird feeling going into this that and I think Elon said it best. Either this was going to be the coolest fireworks show we'd ever seen or <laughs> yes. the most amazing moment in space history in our lifetime. And I remember watching this thing happen and literally it brought me to tears because it was the mm -hmm. most amazing thing I had seen in my entire life. And when you know, the scene that they showed us on the live stream, uh, SpaceX's live stream, where Starman blasted out of the capsule. And they actually had the David Bowie's Life on Mars queued up right at the chorus, ready to go yes. for us. That, I just, oh. Yeah. Major that, props to them, right? I, I was actually in the office, uh, and I had, <laughs> I had it up on one of my screens on uh on, I think it was live stream on YouTube, or was it? Was yeah, there, yeah, SpaceX's so, YouTube. Yeah. yeah, so I had it streaming and uh and i also i had tears streaming down my face too as soon as the david bowie music kicked in i was just like oh my god this is just too good too good complete but. complete <laughs> you know there's two types of people who watch the launch there's people who are crying and there's liars <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah That's same so with true. the eclipse <laughs> yeah yeah that same with yeah seeing totality for the first time it's the same type of thing where it's just this unreal event um seeing everything like the, the presentation of that launch um, even just from like the live stream, like what, what you're saying there, just how did they figure out how to time it just correctly with the music? It's insane. And, um, it's just an amazing event. And, and we, we spoke with Eli a little bit before the interview even started about, um, how pumped we were after that and yeah. that we even did like two episodes that one month. Um, and that it was just so such a game changing moment in modern space flight. Yeah. Um, it was, one so, of, it was one of those moments that I think many of us felt truly proud to be human just watching that happen. But I think also symbolically, I think that was the true like symbolic beginning of the next space race. And yeah, yeah. that's what we've said, yeah. Right, and, and I think what you guys are, are seeing and what we're seeing following that launch is proving that to be exactly true. I mean, I think there was a lot of, we were already building up momentum towards all these launches happening, but that put it on the map in the public consciousness in a way that's that it's just the beginning, it's just growing. Like kids, people, adults are getting excited about space again, and that's so wonderful to see. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Like 
Yeah, it's incredible. I, I think that's the that's what's going to drive the space, the next space race again, is getting people and especially young kids and um, you know even even you know our age and we're we're in our uh, early thirties and it's just just getting people just I guess engaged in it and excited about it because it's been something that's been sort of like not really non-existent and it doesn't really get a ton of press and we've talked about this before yeah but um obviously like it there's a little bit of i think on the everyday news there's some fireworks and they they show it for you know a good amount of the day anytime something like this happens but it's not like something where it's carried on unless you have people like us that keep talking about it and keep getting people involved in it and yeah. excited about the next thing that's going to happen. So yeah, the, um, like the three of yeah. us that were watching it <laughs> with in com- complete awe. Um, yeah. So we're happy to hear that you felt the same way we did, Eli. <laughs> Absolutely, man. And really, like what we're what what you guys are doing here, like what you're doing with the show, what I'm trying to do with Starman, what we in the space fan community are doing. It's a tremendous responsibility because what you said is right. We've got to get like we grew up in a generation that uh, either before we were born or when we were very young is when the Challenger exploded. And that pretty much stopped on a dime society's momentum towards space. And we grew up, I don't know about you, but I, I actually I know for a fact you guys did dreaming about space, but there was nothing happening. Now we've got something happening and it's our job to get kids, get, you know, other millennials, other even baby boomers excited about this because public support is going to be important for us to see the mission through, for us to get to Mars, for us to explore the universe. Like, I don't know, man, it's an exciting time. Yeah, because I think, yeah, ultimately, uh, at least in the U.S., it kind of comes down to um, there is that cultural swing. There's that momentum that needs to be built. And if you look back at the Apollo missions, the momentum was absolutely in the favor of the Apollo program. Um, and that probably played a bigger role than I think people think in getting folks to the moon. Um, huge, just that, that like everybody in the country is like on board, let's do this. Uh, and that's what it needs to be back to these days. I think I'm with you. And it's, it's actually, that's a great segue into why I made a comic book. I, a comic book medium so well speaks to the child in all of us, but also to children. That's why the medium is a comic to tell Starman's story, because it's something that's going to be really accessible and really digestible to kids. And that's it. Like that's, that's where the next 30 years of space lies is them starting to believe in this why they're four and five. So when they get to our age when they're on the radio and they're doing their podcast, whatever that looks like in 30 years, that this was, this reached them young. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, what, uh, I guess the next question, as you spoke about the comic book, so for our listeners, Eli is the illustrator of Adventures of Starman. Eli, can you talk a little bit about your background in illustration and how you were able to, uh, I mean, I've seen just even the preview on your website of the, of the comic book and it's phenomenal artwork. Uh, have you always had the knack for illustrating or is this something that you've, you know, just continued to grow as you've gotten older or... Uh, maybe just expand on that a bit. I'll need to get your guys' address off after the show because I owe you both a couple copies as gifts. But <laughs> <laughs> actually, I am not the illustrator of this. So the role oh, I okay. have in this is I was the creator. So basically, okay. I you know after this launch happened and the week following the launch, it just struck me that Starman was 
a moment that needed to be more than a moment. It needed to be carried on. And one of yes. my really great best friends, I'm talking about all of this. And I'm talking about how, you know, Starman is basically a real life superhero. He's just missing his own comic universe. And he looked me dead in the face. He's like, then you need to make it. And I was like, oh my God. So I went and hired uh, my main partner as the artist by the name of Dash Martin. The key is responsible for this absolutely gorgeous art. You know, he's yeah, a he, awesome. He's a fan of SpaceX. He follows what Elon Musk is doing. You know, he hopes to be able to get a Tesla at some point. And through a mutual friend, I was induced to him and shared with him my vision. And he came back with the cover art is like the, one of the first things he produced. And that was just a, a creative match made in heaven. Um, yeah. And, you know, since then, we partnered with some other artists who've done work for Marvel and DC. And we brought them in. You know, they're paid um, to help us produce this project. But, yeah, no, my role was the vision and creating this and, you know, funding it and bringing it into fruition. But I'm lucky to work with very talented artists who actually produce the, the work itself. Sweet. Awesome. So the, so the actual story um, of The Adventures of Starman kind of carries a... Um, I guess a truthful like what happened that day and then also kind of carries on sort of a um, you know and sort of to stretch the imagination of what he might have done or if he was actually a comic book hero then is that the sort of premise of the comic then so episode one is basically a pure documentary you know, we threw in okay. a couple fun fan elements. And again, I can't wait for you guys to see a copy. Like one of the fun things we have in there, which, hey, could be true, is <laughs> we have Elon Musk giving St- Starman a not a flamethrower. So he, we, we nice. show him load it. <laughs> he has to, right? So we show yeah, Elon yeah. load, uh, pull a flamethrower out, cla- out of a cabinet and make a joke about how this is totally not a flamethrower and then go stash it into the roadster. So, you know, we did a couple fun <laughs> things like that. But yeah, about 90% of the story in episode one is true to life, exactly what happened. You know, it's okay. a comic rendition documentary. Like some of the scenes actually are frame for frame verbatim from the videos we saw from Nat Geo, uh, the, from the Mars episode they did on Elon and the Falcon Heavy launch are from the live stream from SpaceX. In fact, this was pretty hilarious. I was at the Boring Tunnel unveiling, and oh, yeah. um, one of the assistants for one of the executives there um, is actually one of the folk, one of the women who are in the Nat Geo video, and we actually have her in the comic. Well, somebody told her I was there, and she chased me down to come give me a hard time because it turns out she is a brunette. She is very brunette, but in the comic, <laughs> yeah. we made the mistake of we made her a blonde. Uh, <laughs> classic <Uh-oh>. so, <laughs> so uh, yeah no i messed up so um i'm actually and she doesn't know this yet but i'm having and this is a big no-no by the way to do in the comic world so i probably shouldn't admit yeah. to this but i'm going to anyway we are going to have a single copy reprinted for her with the hair color corrected oh there you go i guess that's yeah that's the best way to make it up to her you yeah then <laughs> <And> she's happy <laughs> <at least. laughs> take care of her you know take care of one person there yeah so that's awesome though I, and I love that, um, you know, in learning a little bit more about this, a, a, a little bit more about the adventures of Spaceman, or Starman, sorry, the whole vision behind it, and, and that there's all these people involved in it, and you kind of spearheading the whole idea in the first place is just the coolest. And I think it really does um, kind of, I don't know, it's just one of those things that makes you feel good about what's going on. I think you flip through this, the preview and, and 
and look at what's going on with the podcast and with the comic book and all these other content creators. When we talked to Ben Pearson, he's the guy who does the Starman tracking and all this. It's just, it's cool that there's this whole community of people that's presenting this, uh, this alternative way of looking at space, I think. And, um, I'm hoping that it's effective in some yeah. capacity. I, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, I think it's, uh, it's, you kind of have to as far i mean i mean obviously people who have a passion for this they're going to find a way to tell the story you know like we said when we went to the eclipse we wanted to tell the story to everybody that we came into contact with when we came back that didn't experience the totality experience and all that so to for you know especially younger kids and then even like really anybody for to do this kind of like comic book setting where it's telling the exact story of what happened and then and then some, you know, and down the road, you know, who who knows what, how many episodes will will happen, yeah. and then you know, that's exactly what we're doing here in this podcast. Is it's the same kind of thing. It's just more or less engage people at really any age and and tell the story of the eclipse and the you know the the space in general, exploration in general. Yep. Um, so I think it's we need people like you and like like us and like you know everybody out there who want to tell the story who have a real true passion for it and see yeah. uh see it for what it really is and then basically blurt it out to everybody and preach right get, get everybody and, and any, excited, yeah exactly in any know. form of media and i gotta say so, i go actually ahead. had not listened to your guys's show yet when i first discovered you i was hooked just on your story and after, by the way, after reaching out to you guys, I did go and download your podcast and listen to them. But the, the way you guys started was so incredibly pure. You went and had yeah. this moment that changed your life forever, seeing experience that very few people in the history in human history have ever experienced. Only in the modern era do people have the ability to really even travel to these events. But that you guys saw this thing, you came back from it and were like, we have to share this and get other people excited about this. And the fact that you wanted to do it over sharing an awesome craft beer, I was like, oh my yes. God. Yeah. I don't know who these well, guys are, but we are already friends <laughs> and we haven't even met each other yet. Um, so yeah. like you're just the, – the reason – I think the why is everything. Then the why yeah. you guys are doing this is fantastic. And you know what? I listened to you guys' podcast and it's a great show too. So like – like great work, well, guys. Thank you. Well, thank you. And like, appreciate it. On behalf of the the rest of the world, will ultimately benefit for this. Thank you guys for what you do. And honestly, seriously, thank you very much for having me on. Oh, of course. Oh, I mean, and, and thanks for being on. I mean, when you reached out, I I think I had seen the comic book um, on Twitter. Uh, you know, our our Twitter, we follow a lot of space oriented um, accounts, and I think I, I'm positive I saw it pop up, and. Um, so to kind of put two and two together and be like, oh, this is the guy who was the the mastermind behind this. I, like, yeah, absolutely. Let's figure this out. Let's get him on. Yeah. And um, I'm so glad that we're able to do this. Um, For us, it's a treat because we can talk to somebody else who shares the same passion. So that's that's yeah. the biggest thing is we're able to, you know, kind of shoot the breeze. Yeah, it's a very you know casual podcast. Yeah. We have, and that, and that's why. And, and I know Eli, you obviously understand this. But we felt like bringing in like a craft beer element to the podcast would would almost um, spread this casual nature to it. Uh, where you know the podcasts that you can go listen to that are they're they're phenomenal. They're they're great, and I subscribe to them. But some of them are very um, I don't know what's the word. I guess detail oriented. Very yeah. Um, in some in some ways they're overwhelming um, yeah. with the amount of information that's being provided to you. 
um, the like super space podcasts. They're great, but we felt like we could fill a little niche. Yeah, make it more of a kind of feel like you're sitting at a bar with us type feel. You yeah, know what I mean? let's just yeah. chill at the bar. <laughs> and that's how it starts, right? These start yeah. as conversations <laughs> over a beer, right? Like, like, yeah, like yeah, exactly. Literally, the Adventures of Starman started at a local one of our local bars who makes our favorite old fashions. We had like our we were at like our third old fashioned, getting ready to Uber back, <laughs> and like that's how it came into being. But I got to ask, what are you guys drinking today? Because I love craft yes. beer, and I'm super excited to hear what you're drinking. Hey, I'm glad you asked because that's yeah. We normally ask um, each right. other yeah. what we're drinking. So yeah. Uh, yeah, go ahead, David. What are you drinking? Well, we have a Horrocks growler, growler that yep. has been filled. And you'll have to remind me what that is. What is it's, that? It's uh, so so for Eli Horrocks in. Um, we live in Grand Rapids, Michigan, kind of west side of the state. Horrocks has I think three locations uh, in our hometown of Grand Rapids in Lansing. Uh, at the state's capital, and then in Battle Creek, which is kind of like southeast of us. And it's this really cool market that also lets you drink beer, beer while you shop, um, which is pretty fantastic, I think. Yeah. Um, and so they also have this growler service now where they bring in all these cool kegs from all these great craft breweries around the state, and they, uh, yeah, they fill your growler for you. So we're yeah. drinking um, Riverside Breweries River Shark IPA. And it's pretty good. I, it is. I will say it's it pretty, is good. It's quite tasty. Packs a punch. Yeah, it does. It's a unique flavor. It has a little bit of a maltier flavor, I'd say. Yeah, um, compared definitely. to that hoppy. It's um, got some hops in it, though. You can you can definitely the hops hits you when you yeah. take a sip. But yeah, yeah it's, it's good. It's very good. And so, Eli, what are you drinking? So I am. Cur- I just cracked a can of the Slingjaw. So this is, they label it as a Imperial Indian Pale Ale, but I mean, it's a, it's a Deepa. It's a double IPA, uh, very much in the juicy, hazy type mm. flavor. I don't know about out there, but juicy hazies in California are like the beer right now. Yes. Like the Northeast yeah, hazies that you guys came up with, they brought them yeah. out here and they've, we've kind of taken a little bit of a California spin going a little bit heavier, probably on the bitterness, more of the pine um, hops. And wow, these I cannot drink enough hazies. Like truly, like they're good enough. Yeah. So yeah, this is they're, a, they're good. This is an eight and a half percent. I think it's. I mean, the bitterness. Bravo. The IBUs have got to be in <laughs> somewhere close to a hundred. But yeah, one of these will get you places. So by the time we finish <laughs> this podcast, I'm going to be somewhere very different than where I started. I think that that's um, the goal. <laughs> I think this one came in at about seven point six, and it's um it's very much in that um. American IPA style, kind of in the same vein as Two Hearted. If you, ha, Eli, have you ever had Two Hearted? This I've, is a good Michi- Michigander question. I have not had the pleasure. Ooh, oh, but I'm sure you've had plenty of the. Well, other. maybe if, yeah, maybe we'll. Uh, I, are you allowed to mail beer to somebody? You can. You can. Yes. Okay. Yes. So <laughs> maybe we'll UPS you some beer, some some uh, Two Hearted. We'll, we'll do a, a switch. We'll do. A, you you send us a comic copy and we'll we'll I'm send sniffing. you uh send you some two-hearted this is amazing i'm, I'm <laughs> sensing the beginning of a great uh swap exchange here in the future i will happily <laughs> take the beer but i believe in doing beer swap for beer swap so i'll send you the comic yes. too but i've got a i've got a barrel aged beer collection of over 100 bottles that i've been collecting for the last wow. seven years Damn. i will send you something <laughs> that is i will send you something awesome from my vault I also right. have a not as large or not as long of a vault, but when I was in grad school, I worked at a um, 
like a kind of a posh beer and wine store uh, kind of on the side to just make some cash. And what would happen is all these these reps for the craft breweries would come in and they'd say, hey, um, do you guys have a craft beer person at the store? And it was not a very well-run store, I'll, I'll be honest. And so I, I would just be like, hey, I know a little bit about craft beer, or I like to drink craft beer. And so they'd be like, oh, cool. Well, you must be the, the person that does the this aisle then. So here you go. Um, I'm the rep from Bell's or wherever. Uh, here's two of our latest you know, barrel-aged beers or IPAs or whatever it was. So so for those, uh, the, those beers that could be kept uh, or aged, I kind of put away. So maybe we'll do a little swap. That'd yeah, be fun. we do I mean, a little beer swap. Send me the one you suggested. Well, tell me the name of it again. That I, the it's one that I haven't too, had. Well, too hard. Yeah, so too hard. Have you had Pliny the Elder? Oh yeah. Living out in. Okay, it's so, hard to get though. Even out here, it is like you have to almost know somebody to like have them hold it from the shelf for you because it's just gone. I've heard that. Um, I have a friend who's um, his girlfriend lives in the Oakland area, and she said up there at least it's a situation where it's like li- limit two per customer all day every day year round yep it's crazy so two hearted is not is definitely not like that um it's produced by bells down in kalamazoo which is about 50 miles south of us here in grand rapids and but the reason i asked about pliny is because pliny the elder and two hearted have been duking it out for the best beer in the world uh status in the world or in, in the world oh really yeah huh um pliny had it for a long time and then two hearted recently took it and it's been back and forth since so um i've had both and i think that they're very different actually yeah because doesn't doesn't two hearted have the number one in america yeah is that there there's a bunch of there's a bunch of statistics out there that are anything from like the home brewers association to other sorts of contests or uh, not contests but uh what do they call them great american beer festival all the festivals where they judge beer. That'd be an amazing job, by the way. But um, Two Hearted is amazing. It's one of those beers that really, um, it's a maltier IPA than I think that most people are used to. And Pliny is very happy and not as much malty. So they're different and they're both amazing in their own right. But I've had Pliny and I really, really enjoyed it because it was so, so much fresher tasting yeah whereas two-hearted what like is still probably my my favorite but it's more malty and i think that's a interesting dynamic yeah i yeah. can't wait to try it you it, will love it uh i i, I will say I, I can already make the assumption that i think you'll really enjoy it if it's completing with pliny for the best beer in the world yeah that's my that's my <laughs> <laughs> that's my jam yeah, yeah it's it's delicious and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's one of those. So, so be- we're we're very lucky in Michigan, I think, because we have Bell's down just fifty miles south of us, and then we've got Founders, which um, oh, is the founders. other. Yeah, the other yep. main one. Uh, that's just like right down the street and from that's us. A, yeah, that's, that's the crazy thing, like, because you know I grew up here and I knew, like, I remember when you know Founders started, every everything like first started up. And yeah. to know, like now that it's it's basically nationwide, you can get yeah. it anywhere. It's crazy. It, it's, like, that's pretty nuts. Like, I don't know. It's cool to see, um, especially with the whole, like we're uh, all the little tiny micro brews kicking up everywhere. But yeah. it's really cool to see at least a couple of the big ones that really, really made it nationwide. But yeah. yeah. 
So when Founders like, is, releases the KBS or the CBS, they pretty yeah. much get pocket listed at all the local like Bevmos and Total Wines. Like the manager will hold them aside for the top beer customers. You'll get a phone call and say, "Do you want one or two bottles?" And if you say yes, they'll hold it for a week. If not, they're gone. So I got one. Really... I got one CBS this year. It's in my refrigerator. My buddy and I are going to save it for Dart Night uh, next weekend. Oh, nice. The... And, and I, I don't mean to rub it in your face at all, but we—that's the, the crazy thing. It's I, this is what I love about craft beer, is it? It is so regional. Yep. And I think like CBS and KBS are both rare, even in our area. But I remember yeah. like our local grocery store chain around here is is called Meyer. And even at Meyer, they had CBS like yeah. loaded up in the twenty-two ounce bottles. Well, KBS is harder to come by though. Yeah, like you, you... CBS was like the uh, the special edition they did this year. But yeah, yeah. K- so like KBS, they basically they make like a it's a small batch. And it's like once a year. Yeah, I, I, you know, forgive me, I don't remember the time of year that they make it. I think it's maybe in the spring. Yeah, it's like in March they release yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, so it's but it's very limited quantity and everybody's running to founders to get it. And then I've even actually I've actually seen it at Horax at like yeah. a local market. They might have like two bottles, but they still have it. But, yeah, they've got. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah, that's what I love about it, though. So, Eli, what what would you say is your favorite beer of all time? Oh, gosh. My favorite, probably producer that's consistently produced my favorite beer is Firestone Walker's Parabola, especially the 2018 Parabola. It uh, it's actually the first beer I think I've ever had that had 100 points and deserved it. They aged it in several different types of barrels, including the very elusive and exclusive Pappy Van Winkle. And oh, yeah. like, oh my gosh, the uh, the Parabola has probably been consistently my favorite, you know, long, deep barrel aged beer. I even even here in California, you know, they're based out of uh, Central California. If I could even get a case of one of those one year, that's extremely lucky. And I went around town to store stores to complete it. So probably yeah, the Parabola, the Firestone Walker's Parabola has consistently been my overall favorite. But I'll tell you what, the Bourbon County Goose Island Stout, some of their variations with the rye are amazing. Um, I like, oh, yeah. I like, I, I'm, yeah. I'm a big beer guy. So I like big barrel aged uh, Imperials. And I also really enjoy triple IPAs, strong doubles. You know, for me, a starter beer is like you guys, you know, maybe 7%. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's just getting going. We're, we're really attracted <laughs> to anything that has a space related theme on yes. the label yes even if it doesn't even taste that good we'll still buy it and drink it it's, yeah it's we, pretty good we've had a yeah. few um on the podcast recently that um what was the one we had we actually it was a hazy uh hazy ipa just like you were saying is absolutely the nationwide trend uh hitting all the shelves i feel like it was from the east side of our state okay and what was that called space force or something yeah it nice. might have been space force nice yeah. space force yeah. yeah, I think it was kind of like yeah. a little satirical play on yeah. Trump's Space Force. <laughs> yeah, but I, I also like the uh, New Holland, the Tangerine Space Machine. Oh, yeah, that's a the, juicy idea. Yeah, that's too. a good one. Yeah. That is so good. It's like a, it's like drinking orange juice, but you get a buzz at the but same time. But it's like time. 8%. <laughs> yeah, like 8% orange juice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. It's fantastic. So I think I heard you drink that on your last episode. I remember you describing the beer as tasting mm-hmm. like orange juice. Yes, I think we did. I think, I think did. that was the last one where we did the hazy or the hazy space force or haze force or something. Yeah, we've I, we've had that a yeah. couple times actually. Yeah, but 
But I, I do, I agree with you, Eli. I love that kind of beer. I feel like it's a good trend. It's a trend I'm um, happy to endorse. I assume you guys have to have had Ninkasi's ground control, right? Have not. No. Oh my goodness. I might have <laughs> to send you that. I've got one bottle. It's a few years old. I just need to send you a picture of the packaging. I would say Google it right now, but it's probably not good to pick that up on mic. It's, I mean, yeah. it's ground control. Like it is, I believe this is Ninkasi's. Okay. You guys are going to geek out hard about this. All right. So Ninkasi is, and I, I'm 99% sure this is the right beer. Ninkasi is the only brewery to ever create a yeast that they spent up into space in their own rocket. So they put. Oh my god! They, oh really? Oh yeah, they sent it. I think it was enough to qualify. I don't know if it was technically the stratosphere or what, but they sent it over a hundred thousand feet up. Sent the yeast into space. By the way, they had they brought in their own rocket team. They made the rocket, like put this thing into space, brought it back down, then used the yeast to brew this beer. Well, that's fantastic. <laughs> it's like the like these guys took the space geek thing and beer to the ultimate level. Like to like a thirteen out of a thirteen. I mean, Bill, I mean, we're talking, <laughs> we're talking a class one like this. I mean, this is this is the type of thing you got to get FAA clearance for because it's one level below like ICBM type rocket. Like this is this. I mean, it's a wow. 15, 20 foot rocket. Oh yeah. Oh man, I got some videos to send you guys after we get off this call. Oh, man. that's amazing. I, I love that. That's and that's. I mean, part of the reason, like we, you know, we live here in Grand Rapids where there's a lot of craft beer around and so it was only natural that making this podcast we sip on the craft beer but i love hearing stories like that where like other people are so into it yeah and they we didn't we have one that um it was a beer that they had they put like a piece of like a small piece of a meteor <laughs> and they brewed it like in yes like, like yes basically that, yeah yeah that was harmony oh was it harmony yeah. okay yeah that was local um okay what was that called space sh- star or something star I don't know. I don't. I don't recall what it was. I forget. But it was literally they brewed the beer with like a chunk of a meteor. Yeah, they like filtered it through the meteor stone. Yeah, like it's it crazy piece of a meteor in there. It was uh, what was that called? It was a and it was a bourbon barrel aged beer too. On top yeah. of I, that's what it was. They bourbon barrel aged it with a meteor yeah. inside the bourbon bourbon barrel, <laughs> bourbon the barrel with a piece of a meteor. We yeah. didn't we didn't know while drinking it if it was going to shorten our life or extend it. We don't. We don't know. Or has, give you superpowers. <laughs> yeah, it has some cosmic power. I mean, it has has uh, something from out of this world inside of it. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. It was called Star Dust or Star something. I don't know if it was. I don't know if it's Star Dust or not. Because yeah, I don't. I don't think it is. We definitely drank it on the podcast though. It was like yeah. early, like episode two. It was one of the ones we talked about where we had the yeah. story about the woman who got hit by the meteor. Oh, yeah. I think it was. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. 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 So but, that was really good, though. It was a bourbon yeah. barrel age, too. So it really, it was a punch in the face. Yeah, it was. It was like getting slapped in the face with an angel's hand. I don't know. <laughs> Something like that. I don't know. But it, it was good. It was so good. Getting slapped in the face by a star man. Yeah. That might be a cold <laughs> slap. Yeah. Yeah, it would be. Cold slap. Speaking of star man, Eli, can you, what, what has the reception been like so far? of the comic book like i mean i'm sure it's been good I, I i can assume that but can you expand as far as like i don't know the success of the comic book so as any initial first time project goes the launch was scary because when you first put it out it takes a little bit of time for people to digest it so when i first put it out and it didn't go viral immediately i thought i had failed however 
that wasn't the case, and the response to it has been pretty incredible. It's been a mix of some people thought that Tesla or SpaceX made this themselves, which was really honoring that it was good enough quality that people thought that. Yeah, for sure. Um, mm-hmm. It's, you know, God, it's really hard to summarize that up, but the people who have seen it so far who get it, the response is the same level of joy that you and me had about the event in the first place. That's fantastic. Like, yeah, what I, what we, what we set out to do and was great to see we were successful at was capture the emotion and the experience of watching that moment happen. And we did a good enough job in the comic of reliving that and replaying that, that it makes everyone who was there experiencing that in real time, it brings them back. And yeah. that is wonderful to be able to pass on and give to people. And it's funny, like there's a group on Twitter, the dogs of Tesla folks, and they do all sorts of ridiculous photos with putting their dogs in frunks. And they all the time include <laughs> a picture of their dogs with the comic book of like just trying to do the tie in of like these dogs are going to space. I don't know. It's weird, man. Like it's really weird to yeah. see that something I got to be part of creating and created is like working its way into the like space ethos and the, you know, the Tesla community and Elon Musk community. Like, I don't know, man, it's really unreal. I'm super honored and humbled that so many people have appreciated it and shared it with their friends and put it on social media. I can't tell you how much I appreciate the support. Um, this was definitely a passion project. Uh, it be the worst business decision pretty much ever, but um, <laughs> it has a purpose and it has a mission. So like, I'm really humbled by the outpouring of support and how many people are, buying this because they're a fan of this too yeah yeah how, how many episodes do you plan on doing then for for this particular comic so this is the first time i'm going to ever say this publicly but this is really true my 20 year plan for this is it to be to the next generation what star wars was to us okay so the long-term goal is starting with a physical printed comic book moving eventually into animation and hopefully someday somebody's crazy enough to fund a full mix motion picture. Um, and again, yeah. that's why I say 20 years, but the comic book series, the actual printed comic book series, we plan to do at least 10 issues. Oh, okay. Awesome. But the goal is cool. for this to be like, just like Marvel and DC do with their superheroes, right? The story never ends. They continue to tell stories with these characters and they can connect, inspire people. And yeah, yeah. the real goal is to continue to do that for many years to come. Yeah. Do you plan on doing anything? Because with the upcoming, the, the new, I guess, um, not really new uh, news with Starship and all that, do you plan on integrating some Starship uh, stuff without spoiling too much? Uh, do you plan on adding any of that to the story? Yeah. So we're doing something really unique with this and basically is using it a platform to show people that the world that, that to help people imagine the world that's coming so that they can help create it. We're bringing in all of these real life elements from today, even into our slightly futuristic world, just to make the connection for people. So the starship will absolutely be mentioned in maybe not episode two, but definitely in episode three and all these other little things that happen along the way, they change the way our story goes to a certain extent in real time. Because our idea mm-hmm. is to mirror reality, but then take it into the future enough so people can see where we're headed. So, um, I'd like for example, in episode two, so episode two is going to be big oil strikes back. It's going to be set <laughs> a little bit in the future, 
But the storyline that's going to be going on is basically the work that, you know, the automakers and the oil industry have teamed up to try and stop electric vehicles in real life. So we're kind of like parroting some things that are happening in the real world, happening in our in our Starman comic universe as well. Okay, cool. That's awesome. It's a little convoluted to explain, but once you see it, once we have it out, it'll totally make sense. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's I guess that's the. That's what gets people excited about what's coming next. You know, yeah. they, you kind of send out the baseline story, get that all set. And then you, you, re, you know, kind of rewrite a, a, a futuristic story about, you know, potential get, I guess, just get people excited about, you know, you can integrate, um, you know, whatever is currently happening in the world and kind of make it into something that I guess even, you know, people wouldn't really understand or yeah, realize but maybe sim- simplify it into a sci-fi kind of spin or comic mm-hmm. you know but you nailed it that's it i wish i had, yeah. i wish i could have given my answer that concisely <laughs> oh well so thank you <laughs> i've never been told that wow and it, it, it is awesome to to get a chance to chat with you eli and and like i think it, it's the one of the things i've enjoyed most about this podcast and i think david would agree is that we've got to meet some people that I think kind of like what we were going to, going on earlier and saying was you find folks that are, have that same sort of passion as you and they're they're willing to put and present this in a in any number of mediums whether it's in your case with this uh, comic book project our case with the podcast Brady with Brady Keniston we interviewed earlier this year uh, or this last year with his uh, rocket launch photography yeah it, it's just cool and, and it's kind of this big community and I think. Um, Getting back to what you said, Eli, it's it's very important for um, society to put an emphasis on this, and that's kind of like our whole vibe is just get outside and look up, look up at the night sky, like realize yeah. where we are, realize the perspective of what's going on, and and the in the importance of it, really. Yeah. That's the biggest thing is that I don't think I think the main reason it hasn't like carried on, and um, you know we're not already on Mars, is the fact that people just don't see it as important from a political standpoint um and a, a, a number of standpoint, other yeah. standpoints but yeah. i think that's the biggest reason that we haven't i mean there's no reason that we we landed on the moon in, in 1969 and we it's 2019 we and it, we basically still have a, a rickety uh you know space station which yeah. not to take anything away from the space station but like that's really our limit right now and i think going back to what we said earlier Yes, we had issues with the Challenger and all that kind of stuff, but I think this this was a huge thing for us um, to have this SpaceX do something like this, make it this big of a deal. Yeah, and hopefully this continues, and hopefully the mo- momentum keeps building um, with other competition, other private. Yeah, and blue space origin. Like, yeah, and so. yeah, yeah. You know, I've got a thesis. I'd love your guys' take on. So what's that? What? You, you talked about how the importance of just going out and looking up at the night sky and helping to ground people and understanding that there is something out there, which is kind of the first step to like, you have to understand what's out there. Then the next step is to understand the importance of us going out there. I wonder how much this fairly big concentration over the last 20 years of people moving from rural areas to cities is causing people to forget about space even existing. And I say that because... I have to drive a couple hours away from my house even to truly see the night sky. 
Now, granted, I'm somebody who loves that and I have the means and the ability to go, you know, spend the money and take time off and go do that. But I wonder how many people just never get out of their suburban area, never get out of the city and literally could go years without getting past enough light pollution to even be able to see what's out there. And I, I wonder how much that's affecting people's imagination and has been like taking away from people's imagination towards space. Oh, I, I, I mean, absolutely. I, I think that's one of the biggest things now is that the attention span of people uh, in general, I guess that's a simple way of, I guess, explaining it. But it, I think it's just simply, yeah, it's an attention span of we're all jaded. our public. Like we're, yeah. we're just the just the public in general i think we're all so focused on you know obviously you have to be focused on your everyday life you gotta you know you get up you work hard you do all these things you take care of your families and all this but um at the end of the day i think it is true i think people don't take the time to i mean we're in a kind of a a smaller ish city Mm-hmm. of grand rapids but yeah smaller. even yeah. even you know a couple nights ago you could get out and you could go see the lunar eclipse and we're in a neighborhood and there's fences everywhere i mean it it, it it's possible to do but i think i think you, i agree that it is a situation where i think people just have there's just they there's just not like uh nothing to really spark yeah like a real no- true I guess passion for it, yeah. Because people's attention span just kind of gotten to the point where it's, oh yeah, that happened the other day, and then that's it. And I think then, that's an interesting know. point. It's like a, it's like a combination of what you said, Eli, of folks that, um, there, there, ha- you know, there are a lot more urban environments that don't allow for easy access to the night sky, and on top of that, I think that in general, we are just jaded as a society. We are so used to, oh, cool, the Falcon Heavy. Like, there's probably people that saw that on the news. They were like, oh, cool, just like another rocket. And then those of us that really get it are like, are you kidding me? Two boosters just relanded themselves at the same freaking time. Yeah. Um, and I think there's a little bit of a discrepancy there between those two um, sides of our culture. Um, and I think that's part of the reason we even started this whole podcast to begin with is the fact that we went to the eclipse and we had people showing up just for totality oh yeah yeah that but was that was you had a you had a, a select few individuals who watched the eclipse from start to finish from first contact to the last little bit and you had a number of people showing up in rvs just right at the minute of the totality for the two minutes 40 seconds then boom they were gone yep drive away. and yeah. it was good to see that it's good to see those people show up at least in but, general yeah um at the same time you kind of like look at how many people just bolted right away at the end of it and you're thinking you know that that's the difference between i mean i guess people like us and then just the general public who it's like a, a it's like a fireworks show and then they're done but they yeah. don't really truly understand what actually happened maybe they do i don't know but i don't know yeah i think that's a good point You know, that's a really good take. I didn't think about the way people come to just consume a little micro bit of the experience and be like, oh, I saw the, I saw the, oh gosh, why? I think it's my beer is getting to my head already. I saw the, what's the name of it when it becomes perfectly black? Totality. Totality. I saw the totality. Great time to go. That they didn't actually get to sit there and appreciate being in the moment and appreciate like, you know, like, I don't know, the zeitgeist to a certain extent of what that experience could have been watching this progression. Like, you know, we got to read about, you know, the greats in, gosh, I can't remember their names right now, but you know, 
I think Plato talking about the totality. Like, I don't know. Just some of the greatest minds yeah. in human history. This was like such a shaping event and they helped shape human history that like, I don't know, like just the gravity of being there in the context of what it means for us. I just, I mean, that's, that's how we proved that gravity could bid light. Like, I just, oh, yeah. there's so much that goes into it. You see, I'm geeking out too hard. I'm having a hard time putting words there's, together. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's the thing is there's so much behind, so much happening. Like, the basics of it are, okay, there's a actual, like, our, our moon is moving in front of the sun. And it's in such a way that it's perfect distance. The, the moon's a perfect distance and the sun's a perfect distance to create a shadow on the earth. And we're perfectly in the middle of this. And... People just, I guess, I guess, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but I think people just kind of take it for granted a little bit, and they, and even at the night, in general, the night sky, I think people just don't really um, appreciate and look up and get the, maybe they don't get the opportunity to get into the, out of the city yeah. and into the into the wilderness a little bit and actually look up and actually see something without the light pollution, but yeah, um, I think. In general, I think people are just looking at their phones a lot. I mean, yeah, yeah. It's just, it's kind of, there's other distractions out there and, it, and people, the attention spans a little bit lower, but I don't know. It's like the, it's, what, what we said, I think when we were talking to your dad, to David's dad um, was on the, it, he's a telescope guy, really big into backyard astronomy and we've had him on the pod, podcast a couple of times. Well, we, we, I think we laughed with him that time where we we're like, hey, let's go out to, um, you know, a field out away, yeah. away from town where the night sky is is beautiful um get out the big uh what's the new scope diameter 16 inch 14 uh, the inch. new scope is i i believe it's a 16 16 inch yeah. diameter the big the big ass telescope yeah um and if hey you know if you're having a rough day at work or you're feeling like you're a little bit down come out come out with us and look up at this yeah crazy galaxy far far you know it's just it really does. It's something that just changes you at your core when you realize. I think you can finally put yourself into perspective and be like, "Wow, I'm on I'm on planet Earth, but there's a lot out there." There's yeah. And in our lifetime, really, we're gonna see humanity reach out there and like put a foothold yeah, out yeah. there. Like, yeah. Oh my God, we are gonna live it's through cool. this. Super cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, like we've kind of mentioned before, just the the guys who. The, the the lucky men and the that got to go to the moon you had that same they have that image in their head that no one else has and that we have that image in our head of totality and of you know the night sky that no one i mean most people do have that now because of the you know obviously the eclipse touched a lot of cities uh, but i think in general not everyone has the same passion, so it's it's about passing down that passion and getting people excited for a landing on Mars and another landing on the moon and that kind of thing. So, yeah, it's it's a it's a cool time to be alive. That's that's like what it kind of comes down to. I think is there's so much to explore and there's so much to uh, to be a part of to just be like a human and watch the Falcon Heavy launch or watch the you know, the dragon capsule take humans up into space hopefully soon. It, it's just, it's the best time, you know. Yeah. And and I don't think a lot of people realize that. You guys honestly follow this even closer than I do. Um, what do you guys think is the next big moment after, you know, the Falcon Heavy and Starman? What do you think is the next biggest one that's going to really capture everyone's attention? Um, 
I don't know. I mean, I think honestly, I think it's going to be this this commercial trip with uh, around the moon. Honestly, yeah. because I think well, I think until we launch, I think obviously, I think coming up, we have a couple more Falcon Heavy launches. But yep, I think Starship's going to be a big one. But I also think the the real big one is going to be when we actually have uh, that private trip around the moon. Yeah. Yuzaka um, Maze was yeah. Dear Moon Project. I think yeah. that's going to be the next thing that people are going to really get excited about. I think obviously the first launch of Starship is going to be huge. That's going to be But I also yeah. I think that's going to be like a wow, you know, because that thing's bigger than a Saturn V. Yeah. But um, I think the actual trip when we actually send humans again, um, that's going to be uh, a huge stepping stone as far as, you know, the general public's interest. But... And also, it's going to start another, I guess, uh, frontier for, okay, what's next? Okay, we sent somebody around the moon again. It's been how long since that's happened? Right. What are we, what are we doing next? You know? I agree. I think that's the, 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 the Starship Endeavor is the, is the next big thing, I think. And since you said Dear Moon, I think Elon had tweeted out that when the Dear Moon flight does happen that they're going to have cameras all around it on the exterior so people can watch it live streamed in VR on earth in high yeah, definition. Yeah. Can you imagine that we're yeah. going to get to like be there first person when like, you know, in our VR experience, when the yeah. starship goes around the orbits, the moon. It's crazy. What? Yeah. What? It's going to be awesome. Yeah. I think uh, we could be in a situation by the time we land on Mars where we could put a VR headset on and actually watch it live and actually feel like we're on mars i bet you yeah. like we could get to a point by the time that happens i mean that could be 2030 by the time we land on mars and it most likely will be in the mid 2030s but i bet you by then we'll be able to actually feel it that's the cool thing is yeah. that we'll be able to watch it in probably a 4k video or something crazy like that a 42k you know? <laughs> 42k <laughs> but, who knows yeah it's yeah it's really, really cool. To, the future is, uh, like I said, it's a good time to be alive. It's a good time to be getting out and looking up. That's right. But, um, but yeah, I, again, Eli, I want to thank you uh, so much for being on, on Eclipse on Tap um, from from both of us. It's a really, we're really grateful that, you, that you're on here talking to us and that you share the same passion. I mean, it's it's pretty cool to, to just get to, shoot the breeze i guess with uh with someone that shares that same passion as you especially with the beer especially with the beer <laughs> and i'm super excited that we've got a beer exchange to do now um yeah, I, do. I think we just yes. made friends i yes. i think we did yeah, yeah. But, yeah it's like stepbrothers yes that was the reference oh man yeah we definitely just became best friends now we just got to go there set up go. bunk beds um, there you that's go. right no, yeah, that's right in all seriousness though i want to thank you guys so much for having me uh, on your show like this is fantastic what you guys are doing is awesome i can't wait until this episode is out and i'll share it with everyone in my communities and you know, hopefully they'll start listening to you guys too and that awesome. will continue to bend their mind towards space that's that's fantastic yep. and, and we will uh, do the same for for your comic book project and continue to retweet it and share it and and uh, tell people about it and it's just a cool a cool project we're we're glad to have um, kind of engage with you a bit to, to learn more about it. Um, so with that being said, Eli, if you, if you want, uh, where can people find you? Uh, is there a Twitter, Instagram, website? What's the best place people can go check out Adventures of Starman? Sure. So to check out the Adventures of Starman, uh, we have a Twitter. It's at 
Adventures of Starman. Uh, there's a website for the actual product itself. It's theadventuresofstarman.com. And if you want to get in touch with me and you want to follow me personally, I'm most active on Instagram. Uh, I run the Instagram account. Uh, it's instagram.com slash mytesla.adventure. Uh, it's where I document and share my experience as a Tesla owner. I share about quite a bit of SpaceX stuff now. I actually have, I had a custom made Starman suit that I nice. go around in the world and do <laughs> random things and go to SpaceX and go to Tesla locations and take pictures just to help bring the whole space thing to real life. So I share some of that on my Instagram as well. So if anybody wants to get in contact awesome. with me, I do respond to all my DMs. I'd uh, be happy to engage with anybody who wants to talk space, talk Tesla, or talk anything geek. Awesome. That's awesome. And for us, you can find us on uh, Twitter at Eclipse on Tap, Instagram as well at Eclipse on Tap. And our website is eclipseontap.space. Got the dot space. (laughs) That's right. Um, So again, Eli, thanks so much for being on Eclipse on Tap episode number 17. And we'll be back uh, next month in February to talk more space, eclipses, and beer. And beer. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.